When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another Captaincy video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scout. It's a blank game week so no Spurs or City options to choose from and there's no Southampton or Fulham options either for the Mavericks out there. My name is Joe and uh, joining me to find the best captaincy options for game week 33 is David. David, how are you? Yeah, very good. Thanks. Um, obviously, last week we were all talking about um, Harry Kane, and we all went with Harry Kane, and Harry Kane got two goals. I triple captained him as well, so a nice thirty-six point haul. Um, that's probably it, though. Uh, I'd be very surprised if he plays in the second game, a double game with thirty-two, which of course um, we're recording this before yeah. that takes place. Um, so yeah, very pleased because uh, it's been quite a while since my triple captain has has done something memorable, I suppose. Um, and I'll take it. You know, if someone has yeah. said to me at the beginning of the game week, you know, you're going to get 36 points total out of Kane I'd have, on your triple captain, I'd have been like, yeah, go on in. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. So, yeah, um, obviously, no Spurs this week, so it's a little bit more wide open. Uh, but as I said, when, when your captaincy comes off, you feel a little bit more confident making your next call. So, yeah, yeah in good spirits. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I got three extra points for my captaincy, uh, triple captaincy. It was Salah uh, a few months ago. Um so I'm nine points down. And then when you think of it like that, we do all this planning for these chips. And then I think, well, I've lost nine points. <laughs> so uh, maybe maybe there's no point in planning. But of course there is. There is. Because <laughs> hopefully that should get us uh, up the rankings. But definitely matters at hand, the captaincy. Um, and I'm going to start with, like I guess, the obvious one um, in terms of Liverpool. Because that's where I think the sort of masses will go but they may not necessarily be the best options. So um, Liverpool face Newcastle. So on paper, that looks like a potentially good fixture. Liverpool, good team against Newcastle. Flirting with relegation. <laughs> um, but nevertheless, are Liverpool that good options to choose for the captaincy? And is Newcastle the kind of team that we want to captain someone against at the moment. So, um, yeah, what do you think? The likes of Salah, Jota, Alexander-Arnold, Mane even? Well, I must say, I was I was very, impre I was very impressed with the way Liverpool uh, played in, in the first half against Leeds. And um, their players have been slowly sort of, you know, creeping back onto the radar, showing that they can be relied upon. Um, I think, I think uh, without wanting to go too much into it, I think some of the off-field issues are going to be very motivating to some of these Liverpool players. Um, a point to prove, I suppose. Uh, and I definitely saw that in the first half against Leeds. So there's, um, of course, you know, they tailed off in the second half, but Leeds, as we know, are a fit team. Um, so I'm not too shocked that Leeds caused them some problems. Newcastle, I don't see them necessarily causing them the same problems in terms of control of that game. The interesting thing about the Leeds game was that I think it was uh, only the second time this season, I think, that Liverpool have had less than 50% possession. Mm. Um, that isn't going to happen with Newcastle. You know, Liverpool are going to have more control over this game. Um, Salah, I guess, yeah, is the obvious starting point. Um, you know, two goals in his last three. And he was arrested in, in the most recent game after a very, mm. very long uh, period of successive starts. So I'm not 
worried about you know rest and obviously of course they're not in the Champions League this season because they were eliminated so they don't have any other considerations so I would imagine that Salah is going to come straight back in now obviously you've got on the screen there uh, expected uh, goal involvement um, yeah last four you know, Salah's this is, yeah. last four yeah and Salah is top for that um, and that, that that is encouraging. The only thing that still just sort of worries me a little bit about Salah, historically he's been the kind of player that I've, I've captained a lot because um, I like to look at players who are performing well on the following three metrics, shots in the box, big chances and shots on target because I feel the three of those together, yeah. if, you're, if you're shooting a lot and every time you shoot the chances are it's a big chance and then every time you're shooting it's on target yeah. or a lot of the time it's on target, then they are the kind of players that are going to score lots of goals. Um, which sounds, I guess, obvious, but yeah, they're, they're the stats I like to look at, and and he is he is performing well in two of those. So mm-hmm. shots in the box. So I I'm I'm last six, but I, you know I think um, you know this you know whether you go last four or last six is mostly much of a muchness mm-hmm. I think in terms of assessing this. Uh, so it's last four matches, Salah 15 shots in the box. That's a second joint second behind only Kane. His four big chances. Uh, he's joint fourth four. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, not quite as good. But then shots on target, he is still way down in, uh, compared to a lot of other people. Um, so he's had six shots on target, but you've got uh, about 15 players who've had more shots on target than him over the yeah. last six matches, which includes people like Mitrovic, <laughs> yeah. uh, Mares, um, Bowen, Joe Linton, uh, Greenwood, Madison, Pereira, uh, Fernandez, Havertz, Richarlison, Lingard, Iheanacho, Kane, Wood, and Diogo Jota, who obviously has played slightly fewer minutes. So, um, you know, in terms of ability to actually put some of these chances away, I'd say right now, Jota's probably the the better bet. But of course, um, he wasn't rested in the last game. Um, He did come off, I think, 10 minutes to go. So is he in the red zone, as Klopp calls it? Because it's not necessarily even just about Champions League competition. You know, if he's had players who've, who he perceives has played too many too many games in a row, then they, they get much. So Jota, of course, is the more the more heavy rotation risk. But I quite I quite like the fact that at the moment, um, you know, his his shot accuracy, Jota, is fifty three percent compared to Salah's twenty eight percent. His goal conversion is twenty percent to Salah's nine point five. So I I don't think it would be the the worst idea in the world to go yeah. Jota. And this time of the season seems like a good time for it personally because yeah. you know this is the type of the these are the kind of decisions that. When it comes down to it, you sometimes have to go a little bit against the grain to um, to, make, to make a bit of progress. So, yeah, I, I'm undecided right now, but Jota is quite appealing. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm going to put Alexander-Arnold in the mix as well. He's a player that I didn't get on my wild card, and I think I'm probably going to rectify that um, because he is, has got the clean sheet potential, as all Liverpool defenders have. But he does, I mean, it's, it's quite startling, the assist potential there and his ability to get bonus as well. So, yeah, last four, he's created 12 chances. He is the creativity um, in, in Liverpool's ranks at the moment. Um, whereas Salah, Jota, Mane, and to a lesser extent Firmino, are sharing those, those goal-scoring duties. Um, but it's Alexander-Arnold's there. So I think he is an option if, we, if you think they're going to get a clean sheet. Um, what troubles me about this is not only the fact that Salah, as you mentioned, Salah's accuracy is not as good as you would want it. And his vo- it, his sheer volume is not as he's always been you know needed a lot of shots in order to 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 score but he's not he's not it's not super duper <laughs> the number of uh, shots inside the box he's getting um so 
Uh, I'm a bit wary. And also looking at the, the stats of worst defences as well. This is last four. This is prior to the Leeds-Liverpool game um, last night. But nevertheless, it shows... So if I want to captain a player, I want them at the, at the top of this, as in they've conceded the most big chances. They've got really high um, expected goals conceded as well over the last four. Um, and Newcastle aren't there, really. It's Crystal Palace. They're the worst at the moment alongside Sheffield United that we've known about for a while. So Crystal Palace have become the whipping boys. Um, 16 big chances conceded, expected to have conceded um, just over nine goals. Guess what? They conceded nine goals. Sheffield United as well, big chances conceded 15, goals conceded 11. And then Southampton up there as well, and Burnley. But then a bit further down, much further down, one, two, three, four, five, six. So the seventh um, worst there is Newcastle on conceding nine big chances in the last four um, and uh, they were expected to concede eight so they've in, in, in some ways been um, so they've conceded eight and they've expected to have conceded 7.54 so been marginally unlucky also the eye test if you've watched Newcastle recently they are a team that thought oh no we're about to get relegated we'd better do something about that we've got some maximum back and although he could be injured for this one um, Wilson is back um, you would expect him to play in this one the defence is looking better they're just looking a better side they're looking like a Premier League side rather than a yeah. championship side so um, <laughs> that attacking players make a big difference I'm, I'm even not, though not... yeah Newcastle are away but I'm, I'm, I'm not confident <laughs> again, captaining a player against Newcastle at the moment um, yeah. well, they know how to move, move the ball into more dangerous areas yeah. I think that's that's the big difference is that actually the defence has got a little bit better, but really what's happened is the defence is being asked to do slightly less. They, mm. When you give them a bit of a break, yeah. the team generally just tends to concede fewer goals. You know, yeah. if you can, with, with, with those fast players they've got up top, if they can go and cause problems in key areas at the other end of the pitch, you just kind of, they're better at defending by field mm. position now. Um, you know, I still think Liverpool will win the game, but as you say, I think Newcastle will make it, um, yeah. they'll make it difficult for them. Um, moving on, uh, here's my bus captain at the moment, Ian Acho. And the reason is, we'll go back to that worst defences. Crystal Palace are the worst defence at the moment in terms of big chances conceded. And the best amongst Leicester's ranks who face them is Ian Acho. But even more, so I'm going to put another table up very quickly. We'll come back to this. This is expected goal involvement of all players in Game Week 33. So I've taken Kane off, who was top, because he's not playing. It's Iheanacho again. So, going back to Leicester, Leicester's stats, last four. Um, created big five big chances. Expected to be involved in nearly four goals. Um, he's created six chances as well. Shots on target, eight. Shots inside the box, uh, 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 ten. Um, he's statistically the most potent striker um, or attacking player at the moment against the weakest defence. That says to me... Captain, <laughs> so am I right in thinking that? No, it's a, it's a, he's a great shout, a really great shout. Um, you know, Crystal Palace have conceded at least four goals in two of those uh, those last four. The games, so that was Spurs and Chelsea. Um, you know, Leicester above both of those teams in the league. Um, West Brom and Everton, they've conceded, uh, they kept a clean sheet and then they conceded one goal against Everton. But I do think that Leicester are in significantly more devastating, you know, goal-scoring form. 
than those two teams. So uh, can Leicester score against Palace? Absolutely, as you've highlighted there with the the, the poor stats they've got. Um, you know, it's hard to say whether or not on the beach is even a concept that exists in football anymore, uh, as in just with everything going on, um, both coronavirus and other things. Um, but Palace do strike you as one of those teams that are. Um, you know, there's not a lot to play for. They're safe. Um, I suppose you could make a case for some of those players need new contracts, but actually a lot of those players are getting older and probably maybe don't think they're going to stick around for too much longer anyway. So they just they are a team that are there for the taking, I think, in this game. Uh, Leicester, as I said, look doing very well. But Iheanacho, Iheanacho just right now looks so, so good. Um, some people, I think, when you see a player of his price point uh, perform well for three or four games there is always that doubt there that this is just a flash in the pan mm. and it's going to fizzle out into something less sustainable but you know Ian Atchow has been keeping this up for a while now and has been backing it up with some great stats too so over the last six matches uh, just in terms of some of the raw numbers going back to the metrics that are my favourite um, yeah. that I was talking about earlier yeah. um, he's he's smashing all of them so last six matches he's got 14 shots in the box so that's joint third for that uh, but he does even better on the other metrics seven big chances top in the whole league level with Kane and Calvert-Lewin 11 shots on target that's um, sorry 10 shots on target is the third best so he's in the top three for shots in the box big chances uh, and shots on target over the last six sustainably keeping that up to the point that yeah if you you know he's converting that into attacking returns so if you go over those last six matches you know nine points against Burnley nine points against Brighton 17 against Sheffield United um, obviously blanked against Man City but you know there's no shame in that and then of course 13 against West Ham He's picking up bonus points as well. He's picked up maximum bonus points in four of those last five games. Um, and it all comes down to just how accurate he is. He's so deadly because mm. because he's so accurate and he has lots of shots on target. Um, you know, that is that is great for the bonus points. And also because he doesn't have very many shots off target uh, compared to others, then he's punished by it less often as well. So there is lots to love about Ian Acho. Um, and just, just to compare him with Vardy as well on some of those metrics that I was talking about. Vardy's had six shots in the box. There's eight fewer than um, Iheanacho from, I think, about 60 extra minutes. Three big chances, so it's about half as many. And just three shots on target. Seven fewer shots on target for Vardy. Vardy's become more of the creator, which is crazy when you think about what he's become renowned for. Um, he's created four big chances over um, over the last six, which actually is the joint highest in the league with Alexander-Arnold. So if you have Vardy... Then I don't think there's. It's not the worst idea in the world to captain, of course, because he's on penalties too. And the way things are looking, it, you know, statistically speaking, he is the most likely player to assist Iheanacho, yeah. who's. Um, well, that's what the, you know, the last four stats on the screen show: um, Vardy yeah. two assists, and then Iheanacho is the guy with the goals. Yeah. There so there's there's nothing wrong because I mean the thing is at this point if you've got Vardy you're not going to sell him to get Iheanacho I would assume I mean that wouldn't be a very sensible decision I think so so Vardy should still be in a conversation for those that own him which is still a lot of people so yeah. it's just that for me Iheanacho is by far yeah. um, his stats he's performing like a premium asset in terms of the stats that he's posting he's playing a whipping boys team so he has every right to be in the captaincy conversation yeah. and I may well go with him yeah um, let's go back to that table again. I just put up that shows uh, why why Inacho is such a good uh, contender for the armband this week. Expected goal involvement. Um, looking at other other players there, um, second is Fernandez, who will be arguably the most popular captain amongst the game when when they when they show the percentage of those captaining a player. It's probably like to be him just through sheer volume of ownership. Um, and uh, and the favourability of the fixture, or so people think. So, um, 
I think people are getting slowly coming round to the mindset of if you're captaining a player against Leeds, you might not get a good return. Whereas perhaps earlier in the season, when Leeds were just absolutely going for it um, and the focus wasn't so much on defence, it was perhaps a better option. So moving on to Manchester United against Leeds, um, I look at this and I just think, no, um, he is not my captaincy um, contender for this week because of Leeds' defence. So going back to those worst defences, yeah, Leeds, I mean, this was prior to last night, but Leeds' big chances conceded four in the last four matches. Crystal Palace 16. Crystal Palace so four times as bad in terms of big chances conceded last four. Um, also, the the figures I've got up on the screen, this is last four four matches again. Um, Fernandes, yeah, he's created uh, the, the number of big chances he's had in total. It's been three of the last four. Mason Greenwood, four. 17 goal attempts Mason Greenwood's had. Scored four goals. Bruno Fernandes, He's had 13 goal attempts, so he's not shy to shoot, but no goals. Shots inside the box, Mason Greenwood, 15 <laughs> shots on target, half, seven. Um, and then Bruno Fernandes, just four shots inside the box, um, and then seven on target. So he's, he's shooting from range, and accurate, but from range. Um, yeah, I mean, if I was captaining a Manchester United player, it would probably be Mason Greenwood. But I'm not going to captain them because they're facing Leeds. So once again, am I, am I right here to to ignore the the Reds here? I I think it's a sensible call. <clears throat> Leeds have uh, become much better defensively, as as you've mentioned there. And um, yeah, Fernandez, I think is it is it just two attacking returns in his last seven? He's he's really uh, dropped off in terms of what he's actually been able to offer uh, in terms of consistency. I I I feel really mightily relieved about that because I ditched him on my wild card. Mm. Uh, you know, largely to do with. Um, how his, his form had dipped in terms of converting his stats into um, returns. The thing with a player like him is that um, his underlying stats are not necessarily always the best way of measuring how useful an asset he is because he's the type of player who shoots, when he shoots, he shoots outside the box. So just by the law of averages, he's less likely to score with his, you know, if you're looking just at total attempts, I think that's a bit not misleading, but it doesn't really paint the whole picture. Um, Kevin De Bruyne was like this Yaya Toro was like it as well um, the penalties play a big part play a big big part in what they can produce and when the team are getting onto penalties then you feel a lot more confident um, but it's just he's not going to change his style he isn't ever going to turn into the guy that's tapping things in at the six yard box like Ian Acho or, or Kane is capable of doing although the thing with Kane is that he shoots a lot of outside the box but he's just one of the best shooters in the world so yeah. you know he's, he's not going to become one of these um, these guys who scores lots of goals from from open play um, overnight. So then, when, when that's when the when the form in terms of FPL points starts to dry up, then the underlying stats kind of start to paint an even stronger picture of I need to look elsewhere. Mm. Um, that's just that was my thought process. I'm, I'm sure people can criticise that as uh, whichever way they like, but I've gone without him for two weeks and, and it hasn't punished me at all. And maybe there's a bit of luck in that. Um, I don't know, but. Yeah, going away from Fernandez, I don't think is the worst is the worst thing to do right now. It is scary because his ownership is still fifty seven percent, and he's going to get a lot of captaincies this weekend because either they'll either be auto captains because people have stopped playing, or you'd be surprised how quickly, or so rather how slowly, the general overall population of football are to actually appreciate some of these changing trends defensively. It took ages last year for people to start to realise that Villa 
were a defence worth investing in. Yeah. We used to get we used to get like uh, all sorts of abusive comments in the in the in the chat on these videos yeah. when we started saying, "Well, Villa, you know, I, I think their defence is getting better." And you get a lot of people like, "What are you talking about? They conceded six to Man City." And it's like, "Yeah, well, things change, right?" And that's that's Leeds right now. So, but largely people won't notice that with the same. I guess, kind of widespreadness that, that you'll see in the fantasy community. So there are going to be lots of captains. It's scary not captaining him. But as I said, two attacking returns in his last seven, you know, it, it's not captaincy material. And the thing is, if we just want to compare this with some of the options that we've got here. So just, uh, we, we, it's very, it's patently obvious that Palace's defence is way, way worse yeah. than Leeds. But then we look at the stats over the last six for Fernandez versus Iheanacho. Uh, minutes per expecting goal involvement for Iheanacho, 113.2. And for Fernandez, it's 136.5. So it means that Ian Acho's got, um, he's accumulating XG at a faster rate than Fernandez. And uh, XG non penalty for him, 3.32 for him and 1.274 Fernandez. So that really shows you that they have to get a penalty for him to compete with Ian Acho right now. I mean, it's mad, isn't it? It's to, this season is just crazy. When you looked at the end of last season, start of this season, and we would be in game week 33 saying, yeah. Fernandez versus Leeds, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. Iheanacho versus Palace, that's yeah. the way to go. But the stats are showing it, so we just, we, it's just, yeah. we're just, we're well, the, we are but the messengers. Well, it's going to get even weirder because we're going to, we're going to scrape the barrel a bit towards the end. I think, I think we put the key, the key candidates, the most, I, I think the most likely in Iheanacho, but also the most popular ones in the Liverpool assets and Manchester United. Um, but looking at the fixtures here, it gets even weirder when you consider that Jesse Lingard against Chelsea is actually a captaincy option <laughs> um, which is weird but nevertheless uh, I mean I'm personally not interested in captaining a West Ham or Chelsea player but nevertheless West Ham's defence has been obliging Havertz could start and could be a great captaincy option Jesse Lingard literally can't stop scoring I don't know whether he just scores goals when he walks down a path to his house or where, wherever he is he's just scoring um, so it wouldn't put I wouldn't put it past him to score against uh, yeah. Chelsea's defence. It could happen. I mean, West Ham's defence is um, it's a shame. I, I'm, I, I, my dad's a West Ham fan, so I've been kind of quietly uh, enjoying their, um, you know, their journey into the top four uh, quite a lot this year. But I'm sort of a little bit worried about whether or not they can sustain their form just on a couple of the injuries that they've got. So Declan Rice being out is, is a big thing. Um, for them, he, his his absence was very much noticeable against Newcastle. In that, the pockets of space between a back three and a midfield four um, was kind of wide open for Saint Maximin to actually come into a more central position and exploit space there. Now, some people would say, would Rice be able to keep up with Saint Maximin anyway? Because who can keep up with him? But the, the gulf between those two parts of the team was quite big, and it's quite easy to exploit that. I think Mason Mount will have a lot of fun in that area. But it's not just about Rice because they were also missing Cresswell and Masuaku. So it meant that they were playing Ben Johnson as one of the wing-backs who I think that Masuaku, in terms of that particular role, plays it better, more experienced. But also their back three um, has been, since Masuaku came back, and obviously in the start of the season, Cresswell on the left of it. You know, if you were picking the best West Ham back three, it'd be Cresswell on the left of it, Ogbonna in the middle, and Dawson on the right. Um, so what what's good about that is you've got players you know how to defend, but in Cresswell you've got an outlet in that part of the team. Uh, losing him against Newcastle, the the gulf between the back three and just getting the ball out and having outlets and ability to get the ball forward. And as I was kind of alluding to earlier, this idea of defending by field position, they lost that because their back three, rather than having a man who can play the ball in it, 
particularly well because Cresswell's delivery is fantastic and moves the ball very nicely. It was Diop, Ogbonna and Dawson, more traditional centre-backs, you would say. Centre-backs who know how to defend more so than they know how to play the ball out. And of course, they also won't have Dawson anyway because he's been suspended. So um, I don't really know exactly what setup um, you know Moyes is going to be able to put out if Cresswell's not fit, Masuaki's not fit. You know, all those factors will, I think, create a situation where West Ham defensively can come under the cosh kind of consistently if uh, they've got, you know, they're, they're depleted in terms of the defensive assets, but also depleted yeah. in terms of people who can move the ball out of defence and into midfield and further up the pitch. So I do think Chelsea could could score a few goals in this game. Uh, but I suppose who's going to start? You never know with, with yeah. Tuchel, but Havertz and Pulisic have, uh, have looked yeah. particularly dangerous recently. So Definitely. Um Villa against West Brom. Um, I, I guess Pereira is an option for those looking for a maverick uh, move. Um, in terms of expected goal involvement, last six, um, I noticed that uh, Pereira is among the top players. Um, he's expected to be involved in three goals, and um, and in, hey, presto, he has scored three goals over that time. So I'm not sure what I'm going to get from West Brom at the moment. So I think Pereira is is a fine fine choice to get in. He's the talisman of the side, um, and they they're having a go. They're having a go to avoid relegation. So um, why not um, Arsenal against Everton? <laughs> uh, for me, not a captaincy contender, yeah. <clears throat> especially because Lacazette will probably be out. Wolves against Burnley. That's <clears throat> I think. Uh, um, uh, the founder of Fantasy Football Scout, Mark, would refer to that as a garden centre match. Um, so, yeah, Wolves against I, Burnley. Um, I think know. it's on BBC One, sadly. The, the, it, it's a shame the way that the, the calendar's all worked out this year. The, B, the BBC tends to usually get the garden centre games if they do get one. But I don't know. I mean, I will I tell you what, I will just, um, I will, you know, throw in a little line on Chris Wood. Ooh, yeah. Um, because, uh, yeah, Chris Wood's stats have still been pretty decent. So, um, you know, if, we, if, we're, if we're banging on about Iheanacho and saying why he's so good, we actually do have to talk about Wood as well because he's operating at a similar level. So yeah. last six matches, 15 shots in the box. That's actually one more than Iheanacho. So he's, yeah. he's, he's, uh, he's, he's done better over there. than Iheanacho. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. I, um, I'm, and, I own Chris Wood and I'm playing him over Cody. I'm not going to play oh, Cody. Makes sense. Yeah, so I, 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 I don't I'm, own Cody. Yeah. I do own Wood, but I'm going to start him. So yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'm, uh, yeah. Um, I'm fully signed up. Chris Wood fan club. Um, Chris but, Wood also with uh, 12 shots on target, by the way. Yeah. So he's two shots better than Ian Acho. Six big chances. So between those three metrics, basically, he's above Ian Acho in two of them. Yeah. And Wolves' defence, like it has, do- it has done well over the last two games, but they've been, they've been Fulham and Sheffield United, who, dare I say it, are not really quite the same level of um, attack as Burnley have become. Burnley are less of a defensive side at the moment, more of an attacking side. And uh, before those two games that they played Wolves... Um, where they um, uh, well obviously kept the clean sheets against bad uh, uh, attacks. Yeah. They were in the bottom six for expected goals conceded. Yeah. So when they come up against a team that can score goals, and especially a, a guy who's in a statistically fantastic form as Chris Wood, I just I can't see a Wolves clean sheet here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, that's just uh, yeah. Maybe Chris Wood would be my vice captain. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm just counting. He, Chris Wood, is the seventh highest player in my expected goal involvement table for the last six. That's out of nice. all players. Um, yeah, so exactly. He's, 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 good he's, he's very good uh, option there. Uh, Wolves back three um, is annoying, though, 
because that's better than a back four. Oh, that's true. That um, is true. So they are uh, a better defensive unit with that formation. So which for me would count Chris Wood. Uh, I can't, can't believe I'm saying <laughs> this. But for me, that counts Chris Wood out of the captaincy conversation. But he's definitely a player I'll be playing. Um, moving on, just Sheffield and Brighton. Uh, I haven't mentioned Sheffield United. We've seen, you know, along with Palace, worst defence. Brighton, XG champions, um, could one day be champions themselves. They're fantastic. Um, <laughs> well, I would say that I'm biased. But <laughs> nevertheless, last time we had a blank game week. Um, those that captained the likes of Trossard, who invested in the likes of um, Mope even, um, <laughs> Gross. Um, there, there are, there are options there for me. Once again, not for the captaincy conversation. I don't think, but Trossard is. We'll have to go to Az if we want to. If, if, if anyone's going to captain yeah. a Brian player this week, it'll be Az. So we'll go. We'll, we'll wait for him to throw his hat in the ring for that one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Going back, I mean that that they they Brian Assets proved to be a really good, a shrewd captaincy call that week. So why not this week? They're playing another yeah. obliging defence. Um, Newcastle then much worse than they are now. By the way. Um, before people say why are we contradicting ourselves about Newcastle um, that's that changing trend there but Sheffield United I haven't seen much evidence that, that they're anything other than a championship side with championship players mm. um, yeah absolutely but, um, yeah so we've scraped the barrel um, hopefully we've given uh, everyone uh, um, some good advice there on the captaincy there are a lot of options and this is a good week to go different I think um, but in the meantime, just want to mention a lot of the stats we've had there. They're all from the members area, all Opta powered. Um, so lots and lots of tools and gadgets in there to have a look at. Do have a look at site for details. If you've enjoyed this video, um, please do press like and uh, do remember to subscribe and keep up to date uh, with all our latest videos and podcasts, wherever you get those from as well. Um, but in the meantime, David, um, thanks for joining me and good luck with your captaincy decision. Here's Joe and the same to you.